Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership. And let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works without the BS. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. Hello there, everybody. This is the No More Leadership BS podcast coming at you again. I'm Jeff Geyer from Phoenix Coaching, and I'm here with my very good friends and esteemed colleagues. We're going to start this today. This morning, I almost said this morning, but it, you you might be listening to this at midnight. So the, the you don't this quit evening, this intro. It's going it to be midnight. Let's it's go. It's going to be midnight. Let's go. Uh, this is no BS. Guyer okay. looks like he's wheels up on an airplane right now. Let's get going on this. Are you supposed to put the wheels up? Let's go. Okay. I didn't even know my plane could. Anyway, hey, so let's introduce everybody. Make sure we know who's here. Miss Myra Hall, say hello to everybody. I am first today. Thank you very much, Mr. Jeff Guyer. Uh, how is everybody? Woohoo! <laughs> okay, that's just me then. Okay, okay well, it's just me. Let's work on that one. We'll go to him next. It's my good buddy, Mr. Jeff G. Off McLaughlin. How you doing, sir? Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's all he's got. Dr. Sam Jennings, you're next on my screen. Hey, good to see you. It's a great day. We're going to chat with all of our friends, listeners. Thank you so much for downloading, listening, and hopefully learning a little bit. Yeah, what do we got now, Sam? We're, we up we up to 70? Not quite yet, but we're knocking on the door for 70,000 downloads. There we go. That's beautiful. And age before beauty, which is why Conroy is last. Come on, you're a good looking fella. Hello, World Wide Web and my sister in Eastern Oregon. I don't know. Do you think you could have a podcast where all you did was just tell jokes and laugh. That might just be a comedy show. I don't know. <laughs> um, what, what I wanted to talk today uh, about was kind of to, to uh, let's dispel the myth a little bit that as the leader and the boss, whether you're the owner or the leader or the CEO, or maybe just the, the manager in your group or what have you, that since you're the leader of the boss, that that you don't need to have thick skin. That's a, it's a, it's a myth that a leader needs to have thick thick skin, but the people that need to have the thick skin are the folks that I lead. They're the ones that need to get to work, chop, chop, let's go. Don't care what you think, that kind of thing. I want I want to bust that myth. And the truth is, and I'll start here and then we'll go to you, Myra. The truth is that leadership is not about you. Therefore, the thick skin thing, leadership is about other people. Okay. I can't disagree with you there. Leadership is not about what it doesn't point to you. It points to the people. And that's where they come up with the saying leading from behind because it's a thick skin. Now, though, that's another whole story because as a leader, people aren't going to agree with you. They don't always want to go where you're pushing them, where you're guiding them toward. And if you know that it is the best thing for them in your heart, if this is what leading them, it, 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 in the direction that then I think you have to have thick skin in order to hang on to that value, if you will, uh, of this is what's best for them. And I need them to go in this direction. So it's not about 
It's not about your skin even as as far as taking the trollers comments and all that kind of stuff. It's more about do you really believe where you're leading them? Are you really convinced that this is the right thing to do? When I first heard the the phrase thick skin, I thought he was calling me fat. But he was. <laughs> so, you know, diet and exercise is one thing. But, <laughs> but, but, fluffy. Fluffy. <laughs> fluffy. <laughs> Huggable. Uh, but I, I don't, I think you got to be thick skin if you're irritating those that you lead. I think if you are a true leader, in my opinion, my, my leadership style and, and then my belief is servant leader, which is by defined as servant leading people who don't know they're being led is being one of them and making a true, actual, genuine team. I, I think you're more of the person with the vision and the direction than having to worry about having a thick skin. I, I had a leader once say, I'd much rather be respected than liked. Okay. But I, th I think you can have both personally. I don't think you have to choose one or the other. So I think I, I, I hear what you're saying about being thick skinned. I think if you're a really good leader, who's working with and building team and growing something that I don't think you really need that yeah. big of thick of skin. So doc, Dr. Sam, some of the stuff that causes us to maybe want or need thick skin is that we take, especially the criticisms or, or people that are going against us, we take that personally. And I think that we need to remember that people that oppose us or have a different view or, 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 or from our own do so because they have their own context and their disagreement maybe is best understood when we know who they are or where they're coming from. And in our world, the DISC profile helps us out with that. What, what are your thoughts? I think that there's an interesting um, observation in terms of the thick skin and the values that other people have in terms of what they see. So what I'm dancing around is when I was in higher education, I had to make some decisions that if you knew precisely why the decision was made, chances are decent. Most people would agree, but there they didn't go. get to have all that inside information. So it looked from the outside like a you know pretty horrible rotten thing. So if I had to suspend or expel a student or not, then people had an opinion about that, but they don't get to know. And I think leaders in, in any organization if you have to do something that is pretty difficult, like uh, terminate an employee, for example, people are going to fill in the gaps in terms of what they think was probably going on. And it's not with good news. People fill the gaps with probably the worst case scenario. So mm -hmm. yeah, th that thick skin comes into play with, yeah, people have opinions, strong opinions about what you do and they don't get to have the whole story and they're going to feel a particular way about you. And as a leader, the only thing you can do to change that besides just continue to run a tight organization with integrity and demonstrate that you've got the organization's best interests at heart and know that your decisions are for the greater good. And so to your point, yeah, of course, if, if you know where people live on their various disc or, or 12 driving forces, wherever it is, that helps. But it's the third and fourth layers out that are harder to mitigate for. So can I change the metaphor? Instead of having a thick skin, can we say that leadership is a full contact sport? Because when I say full contact sport, leadership's all about relationships. Wow. So yeah. by, by having exquisite and exceptional relationships with people, I don't know why I said exquisite, <clears throat> exceptional <laughs> relationships with people, your influence or your degree of influence with people is totally based upon what type of relationship you have with those people. So if you have to let someone go, it's not so much about a thick skin, it's what kind of relationship do you have with this person? If you two are at, totally adversarial, 
then it's, it's going to be that hard conversation. But if you guys are friends, it's going to make that really hard to do. So it's all about relationships, in my opinion. So I get the, the full contact or the, the thick skin. I, I think leadership is more of it's a full, full contact sport. Like golf, right? Golf. <laughs> exactly like golf. It is. But, the, but the, here's the difference between leadership and golf is golf, you can take a mulligan and with, with, with that ball and you can hit it over and over again until you get it right. With leadership, you really only get real one, maybe two, two shots. Because if you call it wrong, you're going to piss people off or you're, you're going to, something's going to happen drastic. And you don't really get a mulligan when it comes to spending thousands of dollars or millions hiring of dollars. millions of dollars <laughs> or, or, or firing somebody. Cause you can fire people wrong where they can come back at you. Oh, yeah. So you don't get a mulligan of that. So, so McLaughlin, if somebody disagrees or criticizes with the decision you've made as a leader, and maybe there's some nugget or some element of truth in their criticism that you were intellectually honest enough to consider, what do you need to do if maybe they, a decision you're going to make or the one that you did make gets criticized and some of that criticism has some truth in it? What's the leader supposed to do? Took Myra's favorite author, Stephen Covey, said, understand before you're understood. And, and I've always been the one of, let's have a conversation. Let's talk, work the problem, not the person. Let's try and understand. I'm human. I have, I, I think one of the most underutilized leadership tool that anyone has in their arsenal is that of humility. I'll admit I'm, I'll be the first one to admit that I'm wrong, but if I'm not wrong, you'll, you'll, I'll, I'll stand by that even harder, but I'll admit when I'm wrong. But it's let's have that conversation and let's understand to be understood and understand the reasoning, the method behind my madness. Let's understand the reasoning behind doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, before I ever let anybody go, there's always that process of you got to you got to coach them and you got to make notes and you got to give them short term goals and you got to try and work. You hired them for a reason because right. they, they do a good job. Hire slow, fire fast. Type stuff. Okay. So I just yeah, I I I, w- I would want to try and explain my position and understand their position and maybe come to a middle of the road agreement. McLaughlin? I was going to say pretty much what Jeff said is that you, if you make a decision and it's wrong or it has flaws, which let's face it, we're fallible people and we're going to make mistakes. And if somebody points those out, the putting your hubris aside and actually accepting and owning your part in that, being willing to say, I didn't see that at the beginning. I can see that now. Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, next time, I will take that into consideration. And actually doing it, I yeah. think that lends credence to you as a leader. And people will go, wait a minute, not only did they accept responsibility, but they actually made actions to amend it and following. Yeah. That's a huge part. If the leader just goes, you didn't know anything. Yeah, it might have been wrong, but what are you going to do? Wow, that's a person I want to work with. They're having yeah. a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. That That's yeah. a great segue into something. Myra, I'm coming to you next. A great segue into learning that truth or, or having someone criticize you and go, yeah, you were right. I didn't see that. Changing as a result of that is is key. So here's the thing for you, Myra. How do we because we just don't want pe- people around us just criticizing us all the time. Boy, th- Get on, you know, social media. That happens just constantly. But so as a leader, wh- what should we do? Should we find, who, who can we trust to help advise us either before we make decisions or while we're trying to implement decisions or what, maybe when we're in the midst of the, the storm of criticism? Uh, your operative word there is trust. 
because if you don't trust somebody, you're not going to take very much advice from them. And that that could be hard to find, but in, especially right within your organization. But as Geoff just said, if one of your people that you are leading has the intellectual ability to come up to you and say, I disagree with you and here's why. And you have the relationship that allows you to say, okay, I'm going to listen to this person. Then that could be a person that you learn just from that interchange that you can trust him to be truthful, but not brutal and to help you grow and not squash you. Unfortunately, those are few and far between. And we can't always make that connection and maintain our leadership because sometimes it seems it can be it can be seen so many ways. It can be seen as favoritism. It can be seen as it's just there's just it's a dangerous place to go. A lot of us use our spouses, although they don't truly understand, but at least they're they're there to listen and we trust them. Coaches and the prize I'm bringing this up. That's what we're trained to do is to listen. And to understand what you're saying, where you're coming from. That's one of the best investments you can make in yourself. Because coaches don't tell you how what to do. They help you see that you have the answer or can find the answer right where you're at. Just with, And that's the value of a good coach is bringing it out of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, in fact, that went to my mind, although I'm not, I don't picture myself as a salesperson when you said, oh, it's really hard to find. I thought, no, really not that hard to find. Send an email to ask us at leadershipbs.co and you'll find us. That's how it's easy to do. But yeah, we're right here standing right in front of you. I, I looked up thick-skinned and it means somebody who is, or someone who is not easily upset or insulted and who can take criticism well. And I, I thought, Wow, that okay. That's I, I think that's a, a good definition. But how do we learn how to take criticism? And being being thick skinned doesn't mean we get as leaders we don't get to be hard, right? We can't. We may be able to take criticism, but we can't be hard and just deflect it back. And so, to, to learn those skills, to sound a little bit self serving here, to learn those skills, you have to get around people that can help you develop that and learn those and teach you those skills. And absolutely, Myra and, and the rest of us, those are experienced coaches and they are well worth the... One thing that just really jumped out at me is we protect ourselves from criticism, from hurt, from painful experiences. And all of us have had a painful experience when somebody criticizes us that doesn't know what they're talking about. And that's a really fancy way of saying our ego gets in the way. It just does. And that's a benefit of working with somebody that just really doesn't care about your ego. Yeah. I, and and I mean that in the kindest way. They don't know you well enough to know what it is. And they're and, and coaches are trained to see past that and see the potential and the real person that is that they're sitting there in front of. Yeah, if you find yourself, I'm speaking for experience here, early on experience, you find yourself as a leader and, and somebody criticizes or questions a decision you have made or you're about to made, make, and your first thought is, you're just not the boss and you're going to do what I say because I'm the boss. That's an indicator. That is the indicator that you need to call one of us 
to help you or call someone because you are going to step on a landmine and it will blow you up and it will hurt and you don't have to do it. I don't care how thick skinned you think you are or need to be. And that phrase, that's a great example, Jeff. You know, I'm the boss, I'm in charge, this is how it's going to be. That's an indicator, A, that you can describe, call somebody, but it's this idea of some third party. But also it's an indicator that you really don't believe in what you're doing either. Um, because if you felt like you knew what you're doing was ethical and the, the best decision. Yeah. yeah. Or, go, or go for a walk. Yeah, whatever. So Conroy, when that's happened to you, because I know you've led enough people uh, for a long enough period of time, that kind of stuff's happened. How do you deal? How have you dealt with it? Wide range. Early on, it, I, they would question what I'm doing and I would say, thank God I'm not working for you. And then that <laughs> found out when they, humor. Found, humor. Yeah, that, yeah, humor. That's, that, that's humor. not word yeah, focus. I, I really, and, and it's got to be purposeful, is tr tried to sit down and why do you say that? Talk to me about this. What, what are you thinking? What's not perfect? Nobody is ever perfect. I'm pretty damn close, but but I'm not perfect. So asking them what 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 makes you think? What makes you question this? Or what are you thinking? What's what do, what'd you come up with? When people will come up to me and say, "What do you think about?" and I'll go, well, "What do you think?" Because if you if you're coming up to me asking me the question, you've already thought about it. So I want to hear what you're already thinking and let's build upon mm -hmm. that. Because I'm all about the synergistic effort. I want to build upon that. But yeah, early on, it would be, well, thank God I don't work for you. But Well, I love uh, that. But you brought up, I would always ask them, what do you think about that? You, yeah. you turn it back on them because if somebody is complaining, they have thought of something. Yeah. The trick sometimes is trying to draw it out of them because yeah. they don't, they, there's a reason that a leader is at the top. It's because they have accepted that criticism. They have put the time on the floor doing whatever needs to be done so that they can get to a certain level. And honestly, a lot of people, it's easy to be an armchair quarterback. It's easy to say, oh, but most of the time when you call somebody out on that and say, Hey, really? No, I would really like to go. If you can, as a leader, diffuse, not to say diffuse the situation, but if you can actually come at it from a place of curiosity uh, as trying to be a better leader and look at that person as a teacher, no matter who that person is, if they're the, the they just the brand new hire, they have the, the gall to say, hey, you know what? I think that wasn't very good. Like, we should probably check out this. Yeah. Wow, that takes some huevos. Sure. And so, wow, okay, I want to listen to that person because they're going to be honest with me. And that's a teaching moment. That's a, like, everybody that yep. can be a teacher for you. And, and since chemistry-wise, the mind naturally goes negative. So it's really easy to poke holes in things, but it's a yeah. lot harder to find solutions to things. So that's why I, I I would always train myself and, and I'm not perfect at it, but I would say, why do you say that? Explain that to me. Tell me what you think here, because there's always another side to something. Right. Yeah. I, I was similar in my experience. Part of the culture I would try to create and, and maintain is it's okay to, to criticize me or the board of directors or what have you. And I, I want you, in fact, I demand if you think we're doing something wrong, I, I want to hear about it. But here's the thing, you when you come with a complaint, you also have to come with a suggested solution to address that complaint. Yep. You, yeah. you can't just come and bitch at me. We're going to work together. If, if if this is an issue that you feel strongly about, if we need to do something about it, then I want to hear what you think we should do about it. So don't, don't just bitch at me. Um, you can complain, but come with a solution. So how many of you or how many of us have worked with people that are constantly negative? Just uh, negative to the point where, you know, and they want to be part of stuff. And you're like, I really don't want you to be part of this because you're just, you're going to be that wet blanket. And it, th that's the hardest thing. We've all worked with people that are, are incredibly negative and you try to work with them and try to work with them and try to work with them. But there'll become a point where you're just, 
I don't want to give up on them. It's just, we need to find a different way of doing it. And, and it, and it ha- it's real. Can, it's can real. I interject something real quick here? Please. Um, no. And I, G had said, um, can we not him? <laughs> we can. <laughs> I'll say it quick before Jeff, Jeff says something more. So, but when you say, I would never do it that way, or I don't see it that way, or I, I, that is, you've already cut off communication. Your focus is on you and not understanding where they're coming from. So anytime you hear yourself say, I'd never do it that way, then is is the problem with you or is it coming from another place? And you set up a judgment system, if you will, and it cuts off communication rather than how would you like to see it? If you could wave a magic wand, how would you like to see it done? And then they know that they've been hurt. And, and, and it does amazing things. When I was raising my kids, I, I always told them, you can say anything you want. You can tell me you hate me as long as you say it with respect, as long as you say it so that we can have a conversation about it. I give you permission to say what's ever on your mind. And they still do. They still have no problem telling me, mom, I think you're off really wrong there. And then we'll talk about it. That's good. That's, but that's setting up that, that respect, that two-way street. Of it's a relationship respect. going back relationship, to relationship. Yeah, exactly. It's that relationship. And if you don't, if you haven't taken the time to create that with your team, especially your leadership team, your, your managers, then they don't, if they don't feel comfortable with with expressing their opinions or their values or their thoughts on situations, you're, you've done something wrong. You've yeah. got to go back and you have to develop that relationship so that people can speak up so that as a leader, you don't have to be as thick skinned because you're listening to your team. You're getting the input. And they feel heard. And that's important. And they feel heard. Huge. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> Are you heard? Heard. <laughs> heard. Yes. So, so um, the the takeaway I'm getting here as we're getting uh, to the time to wrap up here is that as a leader, you got to have a little tough skin. I, I like Conroy's description that leadership's a contact sport, and we think about big contacts sports. Most of them they're wearing pads of some kind or a helmet or gloves or something. So you need to have some protection, some level of thick skin, but that's not all that it takes. Is that a pretty good? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Sa- Sam, go ahead. That was beautiful. Things we think about is that you were talking earlier about people challenging, right? And I would have people come to me with a big preamble. You're very experienced and gosh, this is a really complex situation. And I wonder about, and I would say, I'm just one person. I have one perspective. I have one set of experiences. You bring something different, whatever that might be. Let's look at that. So it's the, the humility you were talking about, in addition to the thick skin, whether it's the um, antagonistic ideal of thick skin, or like you described in that uh, definition of just being a little more not flappable. We need to be able to accept the feedback and be able to adjust as we need to, and then show our leadership by accepting the information and not rejecting it because it's not ours. There and just at, as a last thought, we're, if you're unable to do that, where are you getting your value from? Are you getting your value from other people agreeing with you? Is that what makes you feel 
uh, like a leader or, or like a powerful leader? Are you getting your value from inside of you, from knowing what your value actually is and what you're bringing to the table? So you might ask yourself that. Yeah, there you go. With that, I think we are uh, out of time. I will encourage you to email us at askus at leadershipbs.co or go to our Facebook page, which is No More Leadership BS. And you can send us a message there. This topic, like most of them in our podcast, they are deeper and broader than what we have time to discuss here. But the five of us, Miss Myra, Jeff Conroy, Jeff McLaughlin, Sam Jennings and myself, Jeff Geyer, are here to help you. That's one of our values is to help people. So reach out to us if you'd like to discuss this topic or anything else. And with that, we will check out and we will see you next week here on the No More Leadership BS podcast. So long, everybody. Later, bud. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Leadership BS podcast. If you have any stories, questions, or comments you would like to share with us, please email us at askus at leadershipbs.co. That's askus at leadershipbs.co. Don't forget to give us a five-star review so we can reach more people. Thank you so much, and tune in next time. We'll see you then.